Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years. He's the optics manager over there. If you guys need any optical needs at all, anything to do with glassing, binoculars, tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call. 602-399-3699. That is his cell phone. You can also text him at that number. You can also call him at GoHunt at 702-847-8747. I want to thank GoHunt Optics for their sponsorship of the podcast. Guys, I also want to let you know that GoHunt maps have been released and they are right now available to insider members. I have had an intimate role in this go hunt mapping process of uh, getting these maps just how we need them. They are awesome for Western hunters. Go hunt maps is built for Western hunters. Go Hunt's first focus has always been creating solutions for hunters like us to make them as successful as possible both for themselves and for the advancement of conservation. With the launch of Go Hunt Maps app, Western hunters are empowered to meet their needs all in one platform. Discovering hunts with filtering 2.0 and draw odds and preparing with expertise and gear and now take maps into the field. Guys, I've had an intimate role in helping develop the app and I think you're really going to like it. Make sure you're an insider member. So go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott and sign up for an insider membership if you're not already an insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That is the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to kuiu.com, kuyu.com. It's a direct-to-consumer company. You can order all of the products directly off the website. That's the only place you can get it. Go to kuiu.com. PhoneScope is the adapter I use to take videos and photos right from my iPhone 12 Pro, right through my spotting scope or binoculars. Go to PhoneScope.com, use the JScott21 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount. Guys, let's get right to the episode. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, I've got a couple friends of the podcast and of mine. I've got John Adams and Kevin Call of High Point Outfitters. Guys, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing, Jake? Good. I look forward to having you both on. I know the listeners enjoy having you guys on and and, um, listening to me pick you guys' brain a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you today with our deadline of our Arizona deer and and sheep regulations coming up here. Uh, I think it's the the 9th of June, uh, I want to talk deer, and I know you guys uh, are Kayabab nuts, so I want to talk primarily about the Kayabab. Um, before we get to that, though, uh, the Arizona elk and antelope draw is obviously out, and everybody's kind of got their schedule. Uh, you guys live in Flagstaff. Give us kind of a overview of what we're looking like right now. Um, you know, it's looking good, uh, you know, as far as, you know, everything's starting to green up. It's definitely looking green, um, but as far as... Um, how the elk are going to roll into this year. Um, you know, as everyone knows uh, from the drought last year, it, it uh, you know, we're, we're all waiting to see. Um, I mean, do you think it's one of these deals where it's so dry that it's the writing's already on the wall or are you still in the, in the 
uh, category of thinking that if we could get some early monsoon rains, maybe it, it, it will uh, bail itself out a little bit? Man, I, I think everyone is 50-50 right now, talking with, uh, you know, other other guides, outfitters, our, our guides. Um, you know, it, it's some people are, you know, um, positive thinking and some people are negative thinking. Um, you know, I was looking at the, uh, the, you know, inches of rain that we got, um, you know, last year. Um, we only got, uh, you know, 10 inches last year. Um, in the year prior, we got 27 inches. Um, going into this year, uh, you know, we're already at like five inches. So we're, we're, where we get most of our moisture is in monsoon season. So it, like currently right now, looking outside, you would not think we are in a drought. Um, it looks green, the grass looks green, um, you know, me and Kevin both have ponds in our yard and we always talk about that every year, gauging off of kind of where we're at. Um, you know, my pond only filled up a third of the way this year and usually it overflows. Um, Kevin's uh, didn't get any water. So, um, you know, that that's kind of just, you know, what we're kind of seeing and stuff like that as far as around here. Um, but, uh, you know, reservoirs, lakes, um, they're, they're definitely not overflowing by any means. Okay, so let's talk about the Kayabab. Um, we had the big fire last year. Talk about uh, the status of the Kayabab from a fire perspective, from a road closure perspective, getting around perspective. Uh, where are we at uh, with what's going on in the Kayabab? You know, Jay, uh, we've been on the Kaibab a few times already. We love the Kaibab. So, uh, and our guys, uh, you know, we're up turkey hunting uh, and horn hunting and just uh, looking around. Uh, had some guys actually setting up cameras uh, last weekend. I typically wait till Memorial Day to set cameras. So, we'll be heading up uh, next weekend. But uh, overall, you know, Jay, there's... There's water in some dirt tanks on the Kaibab right now that didn't have water uh, in the fall. So I think that's a good thing. We had some decent runoff. Uh, the grass really is just starting to pop out uh, in the burn uh, all around Jacob Lake. You know, at that 8,000-foot level, uh, the grass is starting to get pretty green. Uh, I know the Forest Service uh, reseeded about 50% of the burn. Uh, which is a good thing. <clears throat> Hopefully we'll get some moisture, uh, you know, in July, August to really pop that feed. But that feed is just starting to come out uh, with, uh, you know, with the winter moisture we had. Uh, you know, and some probably will say, well, you know, why did they only receive 50% of it? A lot of that burn happened on such steep slopes from Mangum, uh, Canyon, you know, north all the way to, you know, the Utah border. Uh, some of that is really moonscape. I mean, some of the fire was actually pretty bad. It's pretty moonscape. Uh, so that, you know, 50%, uh, they reseeded. That felt like they had a good chance. It was, you know, it was not steep uh, and not moonscape. Uh, and that those areas are starting to pop out. Uh, I saw it two weekends ago when I went up over the Kaibab, uh, you know, it's starting to pop out. The other nice thing is, uh, the Game of Fish is planning to fix 
uh, seven of the catchments uh, that were destroyed in the fire. So they're going to fix that. They're going to put six new catchments in the fire, really just getting ready uh, for, you know, the, the deer to take off in that burn. And we know, uh, you know, every hunter knows that the burns are good things to be uh, in for, you know, reproduction and for uh, feed. And so those, those deer will move into the burn. They already started to move into the burn a little bit last year, but if we get some feed, uh, they'll need those water catchments. Uh, that's really good. Uh, you had mentioned the roads, you know, the, the big roads uh, coming off uh, the top, uh, the 22 road coming off the bottom. Uh, those roads were all closed last year, which really, you know, uh, caused and wreaked some havoc. Uh, those roads are open now. Uh, they tell me that uh, unless they get a washout, uh, this summer, uh, those roads will remain open uh, during the hunt. So hopefully that is the case. Uh, that certainly benefits uh, everybody on the early hunt and late hunt to have those, uh, have those roads open. So let's hope they're right. With the fire that happened, in your opinion, uh, last year with the roads being closed, do you feel like there were deer that made it through because of some of those access points being closed off? And could it potentially have saved some bucks that could potentially be bigger this year? And do you think there's enough of them that potentially slipped through that are holdover bucks because of those closures? Or do you think it was a non-issue? Oh, no, it was definitely an issue, Jay. I mean, I know... You know, most hunters uh, that hunt the Kaibab, there's such an amazing road system, uh, especially on the west side, not so much on the east side. But on the west side, there's the road system is is uh, almost too many roads. But the uh, and so people hunted uh, where they could access via vehicle and the roads. Uh, there was there was virtually no hunting uh, pressure at all uh, in the road closed areas. Uh, we hunted a little bit of it. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's steep country. It's hard to hunt uh, to get from canyon to canyon uh, without roads. Uh, and, and there's certainly, uh, I mean, the accessible country was so, you know, so easy to hunt with roads. So, uh, yeah, with, with, there was definitely deer that uh, stayed uh, in the burn. Uh, of course, all burns, you know, burn like in mosaic patterns, right? And so there's certain areas that weren't even touched by the fire that were all closed off. And there were certainly deer there, but difficult to get to. So there was definitely some deer spared uh, last year because of the burn and the road closure, for sure. You talk about the um, replanting, the reseeding, if you will, on 50%. Uh, in your opinion, will that reseeding, you know, even though deer are browsers, do you feel like um, that fresh reseed that those deer will benefit greatly from that specifically? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. They, you know, they, they hit this time of year, they start hitting whatever's green. Uh, and uh, they do, of course, they're browsers, like you say, but they do 25% of their, their habits, you know, their, uh, uh, intake is is grass so they will hit that green uh any little bit of green and, and last year the the oak started to pop out real nicely uh, uh with just a little bit of moisture and it doesn't take much i mean two weeks of moisture 
those aspens uh, and, and oaks will start to pop out nicely. But right now, that green grass is coming out and the deer pounding it. Uh, we've been we've been watching them uh, in the green grass. They're pounding it, and uh, it'll you know it'll just it'll just get better and better and better if we get some uh, good summer moisture. Okay, um, and then if if in another. I guess a little more than a month if, you know, July 4th, 4th of July time frame, we start getting some consistent monsoon. Because the deer grow their antlers longer than elk, do you think that if, if we could get some early monsoon and consistent monsoon that they can really pack on the inches, uh, those deer that are in the burn and, and found their way to the burn areas? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the the difference with you know the kaibab is you know the deer summer at nine thousand feet elevation so you know they're up higher to where it's not so much like um, like the strip right those those deer summer at six thousand seven thousand feet elevation on the strip well with with less moisture those deer can continue to go up in elevation until they hit um you know water moisture uh you know green grass um aspens and stuff like that where you know the kaibab does not necessarily get affected so much um as as the strip does with moisture okay I mean, so strip, you're you're saying you're saying the kaibab deer overall don't get impacted and you don't see the fluctuations in antlers near as much as you do on the strip. And you're, what you're saying is it's because of the high elevation and that they're already at the high elevation where they've got green grass and green feed. Uh, and they don't, they're not near as uh, affected by drought like, say, the strip deer are. Yes, 100%. Yep. Okay. Um, with that being yeah. said, moving forward, with that being said, um, what is your forecast as far as antler growth? And I know it's too early probably to make an accurate prediction, but what are you thinking uh, as far as moving forward, guys looking to apply on the, on the Kaibab, specifically the west side where the fire was? Um, do you think it will be at least average or do you think it potentially could be better than average with the reseed? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be average, Jay. Uh, and and kind of to kind of tag on to John's point, um, uh, you know, the the water uh, and moisture and all that it doesn't nearly affect the deer as bad on the kaibab as is uh, that on the strip. But uh, certainly, uh, it affects it some. And the, you know, the better the moisture we get, the better off we are. But really, on the kaibab, what what benefits? Uh, is age class, and we've got a phenomenal age class right now on the Kaibab, and age class trumps, uh, you know, uh, water uh, on the Kaibab. Uh, certainly, that's not the case on the Strip. I mean, water's huge on the Strip, but not so much on the Kaibab. So, I, I think we're going to be average. Um, uh, maybe uh, if we get lucky with a good monsoon and we get that last, you know, four to six weeks of antler growth, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we could actually do a little better than average, but we have such a strong age class right now in the Kaibab, uh, I think we're going to be just fine. Okay, let's talk about the tag allocations. It seems like they've lowered some of the tags and go through those and tell me what your thoughts are and how that will impact uh, not only this year's hunt, but potentially next year's hunt. 
Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, the early Kaibab uh, for the last three years have been 450 tags. Uh, they moved it to 375. So they reduced 75 tags, which is 17% reduction. Um, the biggest reason uh, for that reduction uh, is not necessarily the condition uh, of the bucks. It's all contingent uh, upon fawn recruitment. Uh, talking with the game of fish, uh, we, you know, we, we track the kaibab as strong as we possibly can, not only for us, but for our hunters. And uh, the game of fish guys tell me the, the last two years have been the worst recorded years in history on the kaibab uh, for surveys for fawn recruitment. So what that means is the last two years of drought, uh, the fawn recruitment is, has been uh, pretty poor. So they're not worried about the hunts this year or next, but three to four years down the road, they're concerned about it. So I applaud the game of fish that they're, you know, they're actively, uh, proactively managing uh, the deer herd. Uh, for future years, so that's a that's a huge plus. Again, it won't it won't really, uh, you know, yeah. There's going to be less yearling bucks uh, this year running around, but of course, uh, most folks are not shooting yearlings or even two year old bucks on the Kaibab, so it won't affect us this year. But certainly, it could uh, down to future years. You know, the other thing that where they reduced the tags uh, was the youth. Uh, doe hunts. Uh, last year they had 300 doe hunts. This year they moved it to 100. Uh, I think that's, a, again, if they're, you know, lack of fawn recruitment, they've got to have the does on the landscape to be able to generate those uh, fawns. And so, I again, I applaud them. I think that's good to keep as many deer on the landscape as possible. So really, overall, I think that's a uh, uh, a huge uh, benefit. Uh, the late hunt on the Kaibab, uh, it's been 75 uh, for the last three years. They've kept it there. Uh, that's uh, not a real strain on the resources. Those 75 tags is the lowest tag numbers they've ever had on the 7 West, or I'm sorry, in the, the 12A West. Uh, those are the lowest numbers they've ever had on the Kaibab. So we're at historic low numbers, yet probably producing some of the best bucks we've ever had. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, they'll be able to keep it like that. Uh, 12A East, late hunt, went from 30 to 20. Uh, of course, a 33% reduction on the late hunt on uh, 12A East. Uh, again, uh, you know, there's they're just trying to protect the resource uh, there. They're a little worried about the east side. They're certainly not. We, we saw this last year, uh, and uh, John hunted uh, the east side late hunt last year, but the, the deer just not moving off onto the winter range uh, like they normally do. Uh, the Game of Fish guys that I've talked to, they're convinced that those bucks are moving into 12B to winter rather than 12A east. And I think uh, that's interesting because you know, we used to be able to hunt along the coxcombs uh, down on the buffalo waters and down the typical winter range in 12A East at Saddle Mountain Wilderness. The deer just don't seem to be there, uh, and uh, the Game of Fish guys are telling us they're staying in 12B. So that's interesting uh, uh, to me uh, that, you know, that's kind of what's going on. Um, the the other big change, uh, the archery hunt, uh Again, they've moved that down by 17% on the Kaibab. 
They're down to 375. Again, that's the lowest number they've ever had uh, on the archery hunt. Uh, the archery hunt, they tell me they're killing as many bucks on the archery hunt as they are on the early rifle hunts. So, uh, you know, people are getting more productive on the archery hunts, uh, archery equipment uh, better. Uh, you know, we probably talk about the over-the-counter. We can wait for that discussion. But the archery hunters are uh, just getting more productive and uh, spending uh, more time on the Kaibab, uh, and they're killing as many on the archery hunt as the rifle hunt. So they've reduced that uh, archery hunt down uh, as well, kind of for the, for the same reason. So overall, we're having decreases in 12A, both uh, uh, east and west side, and 12B, both west and just 12B. Uh, we've got reductions uh, going on, uh, except for the late hunt on the 12A west. Okay, um, let's go through each unit, and I want to ask you guys, uh, re in your opinion, realistic expectations for someone that draws the tag. Uh, and let's start over on the east side, early hunt. Um, we're not, I'm not going to talk about archery on this specifically. I'm talking about rifle, uh, east side, early hunt. Uh, what's your realistic expectation that someone you know, should, should expect to see as far as deer numbers, buck numbers, and, you know, kind of quality size of bucks. And maybe if everything goes right, you know, X type of buck, like a 180 buck or 190 buck or a 200 buck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Jay, and, and, and it's, and it's tough, right? Like, cause every hunter obviously is different. Right. Um, I try to pair myself with a hunter that's willing to eat his tag um to go big or go home um but if my hunter wants to shoot uh 160 buck he can easily do that on that hunt on the early hunts on the east side um but typically on the early hunts and late hunts um we don't want our clients to shoot anything under 180 okay and, under 180 but under 180 on on all units okay um, so so let's just stay on the east side um, you know, you 160 to, you know, 170 bucks, but you're trying for 180 plus bucks with the reduction in tags from 30 to 20 on the East. Obviously they did that for a reason, but do you as an outfitter kind of lick your chops and say, wow, there's only going to be 20 guys. I still think we can pound out on that late hunt, a you know, one or two really good bucks. Is that your thinking or are you like, yes. Yes, 100%. And um, like 200-inch you know, type bucks or more yes. like 190-plus type bucks? Yes. So, yeah, so uh, we we try to on – we're killing just as good as bucks on the early hunts as we are on the late hunts. And it's not because they're just as easy to kill. They're harder to kill, obviously, on the early hunt. It's just we know, obviously, what's what's there, and, and we'll hold out until they make a mistake. You know what I mean? Sure. Or – or whatever but there is 200 inch box on the kaibab i mean they're killed on every archery muzzleloader early rifle late rifle they're they're killed on the kaibab um now, now if you had asked me two years five years ago um there was you'd be lucky to kill a 200 inch buck on the kaibab i mean we grinded to kill a 200 inch buck on the kaibab now 
Um, I think you can do it on every single hunt, um, or at least see one if you grind it out. Okay. Um, well, that, that sounds like that it's is, trending in the positive direction, yes, which is great to but, hear. Yeah, like what Kevin said with the, you know, the fawn and stuff like that. Um, I do not know um, here, say in three years, if that's still going to be the case. Um, but uh, currently, right now, even going into this year, right now, there will be 200-inch bucks on the Kyrat. It, it, the, the age class is there. Um, it, and like I said, it's not, um, the Kaibab does not get affected, um, as much as, as other units. Okay. So, so as far as people being nervous, you know, are you nervous to go max points on the Kaibab right now? Dude, that's a, that's a tough call, but, but it's 12 East. I would say, you know, yes, there's a 200 inch buck on the East side, you know, Yes, we know there is. We have trail cam pictures of them. Um, we've seen them, and they're still on the hoof. So, Okay, um, let's talk about the west side. Um, give me kind of your expectations on the early hunt and on the late hunt. Okay, so, Jay, I mean, uh, the and I, and I agree with John. We're killing as good a bucks uh, on the early hunt uh, or the late hunt on the west side. The, the, the benefit on the east side uh, is we can scout. We know where the deer are, uh, and before they move, you know, we got four or five days to kill those good bucks. We know exactly where they're at uh, and get it done. Whereas on the late hunt, uh, of course, it's a rut hunt. We just cover the numbers, and covering the numbers is super fun on the late hunt. Uh, you know, you, you can see 15, 20 bucks a day on that late hunt. It is a fun, fun hunt. Uh, you got to stay off the trigger, off those 180-class bucks uh, to be able to kill a 200-inch buck. But we kill 200-inch bucks every year on the late hunt. Uh, and we do on the early hunt as well, but they're just not as, uh, you know, as, as easy to find. So um, uh, we, we prefer, I will tell, I will tell your, uh, your audience, we do prefer the west side over the east side. Uh, the west side has more water. Uh, the west side uh, is producing uh, better deer uh, at the moment. And there's, you know, 80% of the deer are on the west side and only 20% of the deer on the east side. So you are hunting with less people on the east side. Uh, but I think both John and I are more confident uh, on the west side, no matter what the weather pattern is, what's going on. Uh, we prefer that west side. So uh, to answer your question, I would say, you know, realistic 180 on the early hunt and uh, 190 to 200 on the west side with both hunts uh, having, uh, you know, a realistic chance of a whopper buck uh, on the Kaibab like they're uh, known for. Okay, one more question about that. With the fire and with it being more open, is there a potential for guys, you know, like yourself that, that know the area well and other outfitters that I've talked to, do you actually feel like this year with the fire and having the ability to glass and know where these deer are, that you actually have in the first couple of days of the early hunt a pretty darn good chance to, to better than before when it was thicker because of, you know, pre-burn? Do you think there's a chance to, to whack a couple of good bucks just because it's more open and you can see them? Oh, oh, for sure, Jay. You know, the, the warm fire uh, was 2006, so that's 15 years ago. And and really the last 
uh, five to six years, uh, the warm fire burn is is pretty uh, pretty difficult to hunt, pretty socked in. Uh, so just we, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, we wouldn't complain if it burned all over again. But the mangum fire, we're excited, man. It's opened up. You know, it, it the mangum fire burned seventy two thousand acres. People maybe not realize it's twice the size of the warm fire. And most of the warm fire burned on the east side, not the west side. That whole 72,000 acres, 95% of it is all on the west side. So we're excited to have that new burn to hunt, uh, new vegetation, uh, new uh, stuff to glass. Uh, we're excited about it. And, and I tell you, the, the warm fire changed from night to day. Uh, when it burned, I, I guarantee you the mango fire will be the same way. It will change the Kaibab for years to come, and we're just at the start of it. You know, it's probably two years away from being peak, uh, and uh, I hope the fun recruitment will just go off the charts because of that new burn like they usually do, and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of, you know, lose the last two years of poor fun recruitment. We'll come back because of this burn, so... Absolutely, They're, the the new burn uh, will be better next year, probably than this year, just because of the age of the burn. But uh, it will be good this year. Okay, good to know. Um, if you guys want to throw anything out there on the Kayabab that we didn't talk about, or any of the other twelve bee hunts, uh, feel free to do so. If you have any additional comments. Uh, then I want to ask you about any miscellaneous deer hunts, other deer hunts around, uh, maybe around flag or anything else out there that you're kind of eyeballing or that, you know, you think uh, people will want to know about. So uh, any additional muzzleloader or 12B hunts or any of that that you want to talk about? Yeah, 12, 12B is, you know, it, it is not the Kaibab. It's actually, you know, the strip. Um and, and it's hard to explain that to people, but the 12B West and 12B, um, you know, touch the Kaibab, um, you know. So it, it is, we had just as many hunters in 12B West and 12B um, as we had on 12A West and 12A East. Um, all of them, we pretty much all consider 12B, 12B West, 12A West, 12A East, all the Kaibab. Um, and, you know, I'd say pretty much 90% consider the strip 13A, 13B. Um, but uh, the 12B West early hunt last year um, was was definitely tough. Um, that's where I was at. Uh, and it was... Uh, that fire definitely did change um, their migration route last year. Um, they held up a little longer in the in the higher country. Um, I think this year it is going to change, and I think they will roll into 12B West earlier this year um, rather than holding up so long in the high country. Um, they held up even in during the late hunts. They held up high. Um, and I do think, you know, with moisture and vegetation, I think they could bell off earlier this year. Um, but yeah, the, the, you know, all four of those units, um, are the same, the same bucks. They share the same bucks, whether the bucks roll into the winter range in one unit or 
summer range, vice versa. So um, all four of those units are exactly the same, and, and we hunt all four of those units. Okay, good stuff. Um, what about anything around Flagstaff, uh, you know, 7, uh, 8, 5B, any of, the, any of those units? Is there anything else that you guys look at as far as uh, non-Kayabab mule deer spots? Yeah, last year we had a late 700, you know, on occasion they'll throw these uh, late hunts, you know, 5B on occasion we'll have a late hunt, December hunt, 7 had a, a late hunt. Uh, so we, we do hunt, uh, but man, it's, it's the numbers of hunters that we deal with, uh, off of the Kaibab or units here around Flagstaff, it's an occasional hunt. Uh, and, uh, of course we know the area cause we've been uh, hunting it for a long time and it's easy for us to scout right here at Flagstaff. But quite frankly, I mean, we do more over the counter hunts. Uh, in those, uh, you know, units you're talking about uh, than, uh, you know, than the rifle hunts because they just absolutely pound uh, those units on the rifle hunt. So uh, we pretty much on the rifle hunt stay on the Kaibab unless they have a special December hunt uh, in some of these other units. What are your guys' thoughts on the OTC changes? You know, Jay, I, I, I think it's, huge and it's warranted i mean of course every, you know they maybe not all your audience knows but they reduced 40 percent of the december hunts uh they removed them um you know but arizona was the only state in the union that had over-the-counter hunts during the rut i mean impossible to keep uh uh, uh, you know, quality or even any real, you know, any semblance of a decent hunt. So those over-the-counter hunts, uh, uh, rut hunting uh, over-the-counter, unfortunately, you know, we know that the state population has doubled in the last, you know, seven, eight years. Uh, we're having more and more non-resident hunters come to hunt that hunt. Uh, they, you know, they, so I'm glad they did it, and they removed some of the, uh, a lot of, some of them have moved to whitetail only, again, which I think is a good change. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I, um, people pay money to hunt whitetail? Uh, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to make sure John was awake, because he, did, he didn't pop off with any comments, and then all of a sudden he, like, he chimed wait, in. We just started talking about mule deer to whitetail. We're now what talking about God, we're now talking about God's chosen deer, the coos deer. So, um, oh man! Um, but overall, Kevin, you're thinking that it, it was just one of those things. Too much pressure on the resource, and something had to be done. Is that the general consensus? Yeah, and, and Jay, I, I, to me, okay. So I, I don't want to bag on the game fish too bad, but I give them their kudos when they when they deserve it, and then I. I have got to just speak up when I think they just totally botched this thing. And um, not, not, not many people know, three or four years ago, the marketing department, marketing arm of the Game of Fish department hired, actually paid, okay, paid multiple social media companies, uh, personalities, whatever you want to call it, social media guys to come down and promote that OTC hunt. Well, Guess what? Look at our look at our over look at our over the counter tags went through the roof, and of course that was the objective, right? They felt like they had 
they, they needed to sell tags. They wanted to promote, get revenue into the state. So they're selling non-resident tags and licenses, which is a great thing for the state. But, you know, three, four years in a row now, uh, they've promoted it and promoted it hard. And they did it exactly what they were paid to do, and that is promote Arizona over-the-counter December-January hunts. And guess what? Now it's probably over for the vast majority of those hunts. And it's, it's not all 100% them, of course. I mean, our again, our resident population is doubled. Uh, we've got, you know, there, there's just more people in the field. So the bottom line is, the over-the-counter hunts uh, needed to change. The, the other unique uh, statistic is uh, the archery hunters are the worst uh, for mandatory or for reporting. They they have the lowest reporting segment of all the harvest. So the game of fish really has no idea uh, what the what the take is on that archery hunt. Uh, non-residents uh, uh, from the surveys, they're spending at least a week or 10 days on that OTC hunt, whereas most of the residents are just going out on the weekends, uh, maybe spending a couple weekends. Uh, and so the non-residents are there. They're definitely have impacted uh, that uh, OTC hunt. So uh, that's, you know, that, that's a, that's a huge deal. Another kind of a, uh, nuance with this archery hunt is uh, that probably will shock some people, but in 2017, there were only 72 crossbow permits. Okay, 72 crossbow permits. Right now, there's 1,300 archery hunters that have crossbow permits. Everybody knows that that crossbow permit is a huge advantage, and uh, uh, and of course, the game of fish objective is once 20% of the harvest is uh, coming from the archery OTC hunts, they, they reduce the hunts. And uh, most of that objective uh, has gone over the 20%. And that's the reason for uh, getting rid of a pile of tags. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I think the game of fish shot themselves in the foot, uh, but uh, they. Uh, the OTC hunts, I think, are probably the majority of them are behind us, unfortunately. And we've enjoyed doing that for 40 years. But quite frankly, we're the only state left in the union doing it. And it's probably about time uh, to go to a draw, and we'll probably see that. Well, I think you make some really valid points there, for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't know about the crossbow. That's crazy. Cra yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think there's definitely been some that have taken advantage of that. Um, you know, certainly some that, uh, you know, need it for sure and, and, and rightfully so, but I think there has been some abuse of that for sure. Uh, guys, uh, anything like else? I like the thing, but we won't dive into that today. <laughs> <laughs> you like, while, while you mention it, are you for or against it or what do you think? They're like coos deer, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Explain hey, yourself. We, we, we have, we have You're treading on thin ice now. Yeah. Yeah, we have our fair share of uh, trail cameras, that's for sure. Right. And, and we use them, and, and they are an unbelievable tool. Um, but 
would I like to see him go? Dude, I will. Dude, I'll take video of us chucking over 100 trail cameras right in the trash right now. Like, if they go. I don't need to sell them to some company back east or sell them to some guy in Texas. We can chuck them in the trash. I, yeah, I just, you know, just like to see it go back to the old ways of mystery, uh, mystery out in the woods and, and boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, less... Uh, less uh you know tension around water holes and um you know yeah but i think they're a quarter mile away from water um that's the dumbest thing they have came up with yet so um i think they just needed to push through and just ban 100 percent and and let's move on and and some people are taking it as as being infringed on their freedoms and, you know, we got to stand, you know, behind this, you know, I am, I am 100% one of those people that's like, don't fringe on our freedoms. You know, this is America. Um, but it's the same exact thing with the crossbows, right? Like you, you give somebody an inch and they'll take a mile. Um, same thing with trail cameras, you know, uh, it, it, they, yeah, I just, it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right in my heart. It doesn't feel right. Um, I've had plenty of people reach out to me saying they need my support or our support to help, you know, you know, fight the game of fish on this. And it just doesn't feel right in my heart. So I think, I think our animals need, um, you know, their fair shake at being wild. Um, and, you know, people can say long range guns and, you know, we need to get rid of optics and, you know, all that stuff. Well, the, those things are not out there looking for deer while I'm at work or I am in a different state, you know. Uh, so that that's my two cents on it, Jake. Okay. Kevin? Yeah, you know, Jay, I, um, I would like to see them kill it out of the units that it's affecting. And leave the rest of the state alone uh, would be, I guess, my number one uh, choice. But bottom line is, if if uh, I mean, if you're going to uh, remove them off the state, uh, you know, a season is to me that's a kind of a who cares. Like uh, Nevada has done, uh, we probably won't run cameras uh, anyway if that happens. So, uh, but but this idea of moving them off the water. Uh, you know, back to a quarter mile, I think instead of having one camera per outfitter, if you will, on the water, there's going to be six cameras on every uh, trail coming into that water. I think it's just, it, it's just, that's, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So I say either remove them off the units that they're the problem uh, or remove them altogether. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, what about you, Jay? I haven't heard uh, much uh, uh, thought on that. Yeah, I'm a lot more leaning on the camp of we all know there's some problem units. Uh, mitigate the problems where you can and let the rest of the state, to let a lot of the, the guys that are coos deer hunters and stuff that are up on springs that, you know, have to hike three miles just to get there and they're not affecting anybody. I would rather see something more like that. So maybe start out with some sort of, you know, they're not asking me, but if they ask me my opinion, I would say... Um, take care of some of the problem areas, see how that goes, let the rest of the state kind of monitor it, 
and um, see if that could fix some of the issues and some of the problems. I think that's so, probably so, the, the, the best solution. Um, so, so, Jay, what, what I heard is you want to benefit the whitetail hunter and screw the mule deer hunter. I heard it loud and clear. Did you hear yep, that? Well, what I was surprised is somebody who would walk three miles to get a picture <laughs> of a that, that's that that's what's crazy Some, to me. someday john you'll see the light someday you will see the light um <laughs> no i mean i i think we could sit here and you know we, everybody's got an opinion which is a good thing and i think it's one of those things that we're just going to have to see see what happens um guys it's always great having you on the podcast i uh, appreciate all the work that you do um, excited to see how this fall shakes out and we all are hoping for some more, more moisture and uh, but there's you know we can't do anything about it so we just do the best we can um, and I know you guys fall into that boat so um, thanks thanks as always I want to give you guys a chance to let the listeners know how they can reach out to you or how they can follow along so I'll let you do that now. Yeah, Jay, appreciate that if anybody out there uh, still trying to figure out what they want to do uh, with their uh, deer application, uh, reach out to us. The email is the best way. Uh, our email is shoot, so S-H-O-O-T, at highpointoutfitters.net. Uh, that's also highpointoutfitters.net is our website. Uh, our phone numbers and all that uh, stuff's on there, uh, our Facebook page, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to anybody uh uh, call us or shoot us an email and uh, we'll get you a draw strategy uh, put together and uh, try to get you a tag we'd love to help anybody uh, that you know that draws a tag here uh, hopefully in a few weeks uh, and give us a holler and also we we usually try to donate one hunt to hunts for heroes or uh, wounded warriors or whatever and, and we don't have a hunt lined out this year for that so if there's somebody uh interested in that um contact us awesome guys thanks so much uh, god bless both of you and, and we'll be chatting at you down the road okay thanks jay appreciate it thanks jay thanks for having us all right buddy